0: from <laughs> something hard
1: lemonade from what he's adding to it to do that
0: well come back uh this is if you catch my van Dam, um <laughs> and we're definitely not recording this the same night as part one we, this is a different night because you know that's what we do we're a week later We're we each other for a week i know it's really great to see you again ed how are you i'm great i'm eating Pocky. <laughs> I'm I'm eating nerd's gummy clusters. I'm eating a gin and tonic. Ooh. Yeah, I'm feeling real fancy tonight. So, you ever had Pocky? Yeah, the candy? Yeah. That's good stuff. It's okay. I always convince myself that it's better than it actually is. It's just portion sizes. I'm a little I feel a little ripped off. I had it before the weebo kids got a hold of it
1: and
2: thought it was <gasps> a cool thing. No, this is ours. <laughs> We've claimed it. Yeah, now. <laughs>
1: I had it before that. Before it was a thing, like you had to get it at uh, was a place, Uh, not a Hot Topic, but the other place, Uh, Spencer's.
0: Spencer's, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I so I was gonna. I was. I didn't know if I was gonna tell us on the the first one, but I'm. So we just had uh, midterm elections, and I um, am. I don't really. Care all that much about like national politics, but I think local stuff can be important, even though I'm in Brooklyn and it's like the bluest blue you could be, you know, here. That doesn't make a huge difference. It's like pick between these two, you know, Democratic candidates, but I always go vote because it's right around the corner. And I have fallen in love over the years with the poll workers. Like they're the sweetest bunch of older ladies. And they, I mean, we've just, we've bonded and they recognize me. Part of that is because I am like one of the only non-Hasidic people that vote in our in my, <laughs> in neighborhood. So like I show up and I've got like floral print pants on and, you know, I'm a lot larger than anybody that's there. And so they always remember me. So I walked in and this time one of the, the poll workers, my favorite, she's my favorite, she said, look it's mr happy here to make us all feel better about our day and i was like i just want to hug you but i don't know if i can i feel like that's illegal or something it, like, <laughs> violates the election law. Uh, but i was like i clearly stick out like a sore thumb when i when i cruise into there but it was just such a nice time i was like yes this is, this is literally the only thing as, as black-pilled as i can get about politics i will still go back just so i can see her you know once a year and and say hi
2: wonder what that's like because my poll workers i'm pretty sure call me slurs (laughs)
1: my uh my poll workers like it's it's at a church like where i gotta go and it's like a nice like this church is like hidden behind all the stuff in like downtown uh courtland where i live and uh it's really, like, I, when I walked in, like, I knew I needed my ID out, but I, like, whipped out my fucking credit card to hand to her, and she said I wasn't the first person to do it because I, I felt so bad. I felt so stupid, but I, apparently I was not the first person to do that. I'm, like, I was, like, it's just habit. Like, when I got to pull out a card, it's usually a credit card. I don't pull out my ID for anything. No, I don't either. So, but, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, and then, uh, that, like, all the, like, the... Polling things were like all filled up, so I ended up having to like I got a little table to myself to sit and fill out mine. So, <laughs> and I'm in, you know, red is red can be red wave country. So yeah, nobody I voted
0: for a fucking one. So no, nope, no, nope. I just yeah, I didn't even vote for the national stuff. I just was I like,
2: voted for JD Vance and everything. I just wrote his name in. I like that <laughs> JD Vance.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, you <he> won. <laughs> I like
2: that he would. Uh, do commercials where he cooked bacon and we were really subtle bottom liner super <laughs> subtle You like if you didn't know it was there yeah. I don't know if you've seen it but I saw JD Vance I know you're listening I saw that every fucking commercial I saw that bottom liner I know what the fuck was going on there
1: it just makes me laugh that like it did not matter that like Trump basically called him a bitch and that he didn't want to fucking give him the backing but he did anyway and people still voted for him it's the best he got called out for it. He got called out for it and he's they still voted for him because
2: Ohio is so just baby Florida that Tim Ryan's yeah. whole thing that he ran on was basically like, listen, I might be a Democrat, but I think we need more fucking cops.
3: <laughs> like and it didn't
2: work. <laughs> like, he like had to appeal to these people and he tried his hardest. They were just like, I, yeah, I know you're saying everything we want, but this guy's a Republican.
1: The only thing yeah. he didn't say was uh that how January 6th was a good thing. That's what right, he didn't say, and that was enough, but no, no, that was a good <laughs> thing for us.
2: J.D. So. Vance ran ads where he didn't, like, J.D. Vance wasn't, or I mean, uh, Tim Ryan ran ads where Tim Ryan wasn't in him at all, and it was just people that are Republicans talking about how they hate J.D. Vance because he he didn't like Trump at first, and then he started to like Trump, and that he can't trust him because of that. So, like, Tim Ryan paid these for these ads that were just promoting Donald Trump. Oh, God. Tim Ryan's a fucking idiot. What yeah, a was, fucking...
0: I was like, then you think, why didn't he win? You know, you're like, well, maybe that was. I don't, I don't know. know. JD Vance, we eventually will get to on this show because he is an absolute
2: fucking grifter. So yeah. I can't wait to throw a beer can at his head.
0: <laughs> you guys know who uh, Lyndon LaRouche is? No. So uh, he... they wrote that song Bulletproof, right? No. Uh, not the guy when
3: I'm talking about. Round,
0: forward, I no, I think that might be named after him. <laughs> it's a great joke i just did awesome but i did not see get it at all yeah. did not get it all hit me right in the forehead. he's a far right was a far right weirdo conspiracy theorist um but apparently his party still sometimes runs in new york city and so i got to the booth and it was uh for senate and so it was like chuck schumer and i'm like i don't want to vote for him and then it was a republican and i was like i don't want to vote for him and then it was like the larouche party and i was like yeah, they're really anti-Semitic, but I don't know. I might have to give them a bit.
2: Of a do you? I think we're all old enough to remember, like, do you remember Vermin Supreme? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, dude, yeah. I, I always think that's like a fever dream I made mm-hmm. up. It's like, everybody gets a horse. Wasn't Vermin Supreme <laughs> the Everybody Gets a Horse guy? That was one of those platforms.
0: You're talking to me, I'm in New York City. I was in New York City for the Rent is Too Damn High party. Yeah. <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, the postal worker who looked like—I uh, mean, he just—he uh, was great. I loved him. He was a writ It's too damn high. <laughs> that was the weirdest. That was one of the weirdest elections because it was also like um, that, madam uh from the the there was a madam from a famous brothel that our previous governor had had been going to yeah. and that's the reason he resigned <laughs> she ran for office too
2: it's a lot like that uh that california election that was like arnold schwarzenegger oh yeah. Gary coleman mary <laughs> Carey, the porn star yes. like
0: yeah that's exactly what it is i want that I mean, at the time we were all like, what the hell's going on? And now I'd be like, I would love for that to come back. Like, it is so much better than what we have to go through today. Like these days, like, let's just have a, it's, it's a joke. So let's make it a joke. Yeah. Like, like, just anyway. Oh, well, now we're going to talk about something a little darker in this episode. Hell yes. And I do want to say, I, I, I try to kind of write as little about it as I can, but there is going to be a little bit more about um, child abuse, child sexual abuse in this, because there are a lot of claims made. So if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, just this might not be the episode for you. I want to keep it light and I don't really want to go into the graphic details of what people had said happened but it's a kind of a big part of the story. So it's going to be there. So I just kind of want to get that out of the way before we dive in, but we will have some fun because this guy Gunderson is a complete fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) And And if child abuse is funny to you, you're fucking sick. Turn this off and go get help. (laughs) (laughs) And also if you didn't listen to part one, you probably should like, don't just dive right into part two. So if you're, I mean, I mean, maybe that's how you roll, but that would be weird. And you've missed a lot of context for what's coming on. Um, So anyway, uh, Gunderson, was about to embark on one of the biggest cases he had ever worked on, but first he gets himself scared up in an FBI investigation, and he is the suspect. Oh no!
2: <laughs> you know how have had to fuck with him. He's like, "No, I'm the investigator. I do the investigation.
0: I do. I don't do crimes. I solve I don't, them. <laughs> no,
2: I'm. I'm not the crime. I'm a crime solver, not the crime doer."
0: <laughs> so, um, on uh, on October third, nineteen eighty two interviews of victims in this matter indicate that Mr Gunderson actively participated in an alleged scheme to defraud them knowingly uh through knowingly making fraudulent misrepresentations investigations continued to date uh no I'm sorry investigation conducted to date indicates that seven known victims of a scam were knowingly defrauded out of 91 thousand two hundred seventy five dollars
2: Not it a lot to like
0: ruin your life for you right. know what I mean Right, right. So it turns out that the um, Dallas division, which (laughs) Gunderson used to run, (laughs) launches an investigation because he um, is representing himself to be the president of a place called DECLA International.
2: Dude, you know, there there had to still be people working there that knew, remembered him, or just like this, let's get this fucking guy, (laughs) like, he fucking sucks, like...
0: Well, so the whole thing it was, I don't even think there was an office. I'm not really sure what it was, but this is, a, this, is cons- this is called an advanced fee loan scam, basically. Yeah. And they're like, we will approve your loan, but you have to pay these fees up front in order to do it. You pay the fees and they don't issue the loan right so okay Gunderson um this is actually an operation that's based out of Amsterdam so they needed someone in America to be the front man of this operation and it was Gunderson <laughs> former FBI agent did he know that he was fucking people over though uh, he had to have right okay like, I, he had he he says he didn't and the charges no charges were ever brought yeah but it's like how do you not have any idea that He's... okay you're doing you're going you're working someplace and you don't know what the company does yeah like, what are you getting paid for? You have to know something. He doesn't right. question it, though, because like, that's been his end, right? Because he was, yeah. he worked at the FBI.
2: You don't question things. You just accept that this Who is what it is. Question- you your job.
0: You worked for the FBI, FBI for 27 years. You should be questioning this. But you're he was like, a bureaucrat. I, he wasn't
2: like an investigator. I know.
0: I know but He just, just took orders and he did them. The dude has got the worst fucking instincts I've yeah, ever seen. Yes. Out of anybody. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> and how many more of these guys are in branches of government or like the FBI? <laughs> There's thousands of them, you know, like these are the people making decisions. I'm like, ah, <laughs> so, um, so now we're going to just, I just wanted to mention that because he's definitely like, if you're, if you're at this point point, you've gone through the first episode and you're like, he's not a grifter, he's definitely a grifter. Like this is yeah. a criminal grift that he gets into, but this is kind of only the beginning, right? Like I understand taking the McDonald case and that was like, he thought this guy was innocent, which I don't know how but <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, so, we're going to talk about the McMartin preschool trial. You ever heard of this? No. All right. This is a big one. So um, the McMartin school was a small family run daycare in Manhattan beach, California. It was started in the 1960s by a woman named Virginia McMartin. And it was operated by three generations of the McMartin family. Um, her daughter, Peggy was the kind of like the head of the school in the eighties when all of this happened. So, her her mom starts it. She's running it with her son and her grandkid, I think, or maybe her daughter. Um, there's a lot of names that all have McMartin in them. So a note about daycare centers: those weren't really a thing until the 80s, right? Like they were rare because you had you could you could live off of a single-income household. Right. So the man would go to work. The woman would stay home, take care Can you of the imagine? House. that nuclear right? family model. Yeah, exactly. Man, just,
2: I am a single income household. Let me tell you, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's real. Not easy. Real. Yep. Not easy. Nope. Yep.
0: Yeah. So it sucks. And thanks to Reagan and the 80s for bringing that and making both parents have to work just to survive. Oh, shit. Let me but. check
2: something about them. Ronald Reagan got brought up. So I want to check real quick. Yep. Still dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Ronald Reagan is uh, still well, dead. The
0: problem is, is he forgot how to come alive if he needed to because he was <laughs> he had fucking dementia.
2: <laughs> What's that meme? It's like shout out to Ronald Reagan. You would have loved forgetting nine eleven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, so the eighties really is like the rise in daycare centers because now both members of the, the both parents mm-hmm. end up having to work and they gotta drop their kids off somewhere. So one day in nineteen eighty-three, a young boy arrived at the McMartin school. And when I say arrived, I mean he had been dropped off and left by his mother. Oh, shit. It was a woman okay. named Judy Johnson, which is weird for me because that was the name of my elementary school art teacher and had like a big impact on my life. And now we're talking about She this had woman. a bigger
2: impact on this kid's life just dropping him off and a <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> take
0: care of Well, so what had happened, uh, Judy had called the school about enrolling her son and she was told that the school was full. So she just showed up and dropped off the kid and left. <laughs> now... It's funny to like to to you know to give her shit about this, but Judy was a mess. I mean, an absolute mess. Um, Much like Helena Stokely from the previous episode, she was an alcoholic, divorced mother of two boys. Um, Her youngest son Matthew was the one who dropped off at McMartin School, and she had an older son that had been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor and was given only five years to live. So, this woman is single has these two children. One is going to die. She starts drinking. She's just like complete shambles. Like Judy Johnson is, I understand. I don't agree with what she does, but I understand why she did it. Like Mm -hmm. she's at her absolute limit and at the end of of her means. So she goes, picks up Matthew, her son that she dropped off at McMartin. And he began to complain about having painful bowel movements. So Judy brought him to the doctor and the doctor said they couldn't find anything wrong with him they couldn't find there was nothing out of the ordinary um matthew's father who was uh judy's ex-husband said that it was probably because judy didn't bathe the kids very well like it was a hygiene issue which is okay. nasty but that also can happen right like apparently like his his butt was very itchy because like she he didn't clean himself and she didn't bathe the kids regularly um Judy became obsessed with Matthew's anus. I just this is like a thing. Like she investigate, like she examines it often when he comes back from the school, and she's become convinced that the sole male employee of the daycare, a guy named Ray Buckley, who is the founder's grandson, like so his okay. mom is running it. Uh, I'm sorry, Bucky, not Buckley. Along with the boy's father, were sexually assaulting the child. She's convinced of this, so she brings Matthew to another physician who told her. There's no sign that that's a traumatic injury. Like we would know immediately, like yeah. that's, that's not happening here. Like, it's just, it's, and he, you know, again, it was like the hygiene thing. They're like, you just need to bathe your kid more often. <laughs> like he won't, yeah. he won't complain about this kind of stuff. So Judy wasn't happy. She wasn't convinced by that. So she went to the cops and she said that the, this guy, Ray Bucky has been assaulting her, her young son. I think he was like three it's really young. I was mean, preschool. So The police investigated her claims and found no evidence to support the story, right? They were like, there's nothing. Like, you're just, this is not a case. Uh, So they dropped the investigation. And honestly, the story probably should have ended right here, but it didn't. And the cops do something so dog shit stupid that that will end up costing the state of California $15 million and ruin a ton of people's lives. They, I, I can't even, I don't even know what they were thinking when they did this they sent a letter to all of the parents of the children who went to the daycare center and they wanted to see if there was any other accusations of a sexual assault. This is what the letter said. I have the letter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just wait, dear parent. This department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation uh, Ray Bucky molestation uh, period. Ray Bucky, an employee of Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested September 7, eighty three, by this department. The following procedure is obviously an unpleasant one, but to protect the rights of your children as well as the rights of the accused, this inquiry is necessary for a complete investigation. Records indicate that your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool. We are asking your assistance in this continuing investigation. Please question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime or if he or she has been a victim. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttock or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature. Also, photos may have been taken of children without their clothing information from your child regarding this having ever observed Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during any nap period. Or if they'd ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child is important. This is what they sent. Now, the last paragraph probably should have been the first paragraph. And this is because once you read that, you don't read anything else, right? Your brain shuts down. You're like, oh, my God, what happened to my kid? But this is the last and it's all in caps in the letter which is silly because it just should have let it since there is no evidence to indicate that the management of Virginia McMartin's preschool had any knowledge of this situation and no detrimental information concerning the operation of the school has been discovered during this investigation. Also no other employee in the school is under investigation for any criminal act, but they put that last, you know, like that just, you got if, colossally stupid apparent. Yeah. Any parent reading that first bit, it's like I said, it's just going to shut down. They're not going to do this. So, This causes mass hysteria in Manhattan Beach and hundreds of children from the McMartin School began admitting to having been abused. Um, The claims didn't stop there, though, right? It wasn't just this. Some of the children would talk about ceremonies where animals and other children were sacrificed, underground tunnels that led to altars where rituals were performed. They even talked about like being flown to other cities and used in like medical experiments um they they talk about like being sold like seeing other children sold to people from the middle east it is fucking wild these are young kids these are like 2 3 and 4 and now you've got their parents questioning and going are you sure you didn't see this specific thing you know what i mean and, and and the kids are like okay maybe i did if you're you're an adult you tell me that's what i saw i saw right anyway um I'm also going to I'm not going to like pretend that there's never been cases of like sexual abuse coming out of a daycare center Is yeah there, like, but you're that, saying in this specific daycare this specific center. one this dude would have been very busy hundreds <laughs> hundreds of like I, I don't it just doesn't make any sense but now the police are taking it very seriously and 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 I'm not trying to like joke about uh, assault or abuse or anything i like those are very serious things and if this was happening it should have been investigated but I think the point where, like, there is a point when it becomes, like, ridiculous. And I think that, you know, this is probably that case. You think <laughs> yeah,
2: the think- small daycare center... Trafficking children to the Middle East for satanic medical
0: experiments. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. and people might going be a well, this is too far. Maybe. Very serious. We need to really look into this and spend a lot of money doing it. So, enter this woman named Key McFarland, uh, who was a licensed social worker, and she claims she was a psychotherapist. She didn't have the credentials for that, so she's a bit of a grifter. <laughs> um, she was working at the Children's International Institute, which is a nonprofit dedicating to supporting families who have like experienced inner family trauma. Right. So she's like. Yeah. Working with kids that are abused and that's admirable and it, it it's and I, I don't diminish that part. Um, but and, and Children's International Institute is still around today like it's a legitimate institute. Um, and it's it's just it just this was not the best moment for that <laughs> that organization. Um, so they they do this therapy, they use uh, puppets, you know, the yeah. kids put on the puppet and talk to the puppet. She also, like, it, her idea is, like, anatomically correct dolls so that the kids can show, like, where on the doll did he touch you? And they can show exactly, like, this is this is where that comes into play. This is this is that that moment in history. Um, so due to all the responses from the letters, CII, the Children's International Institute, was tapped to interview the children. McFarlane took the lead on this. Um, these interviews were problematic just to say the least they were structured around the premise that all of this awful stuff actually happened and the children didn't want to talk about it. So they needed to use like, like I mentioned earlier puppets to kind of like coerce the story out of the children. So I hope this isn't boring, but I want to really, this is them gaslighting the kids, right? This is gaslighting little children. I want to read the transcript from one of the interviews and this isn't key, but she did a lot of them. Um, This is a woman named Dr. Astrid Heger or Heger. So Hager says, uh, maybe you could show me with this, with this doll. And she puts her hands in on two dolls, one naked, one dressed, how the kids danced for the naked movie star. The girl says, They didn't really dance. It was just like a song. Hager says, Well, what did they do when they sang the song? The girl said, just nodded her head. She said, Hager says, I heard that. I heard from several children that they took off their clothes. I think that blank classmate told me that i know that second classmate told me that i know that third classmate told me fourth classmate and fifth classmate all told me that that's kind of a hard secret you know it's kind of a yucky secret to talk out of but maybe we could see if we could find so the girl says not that i remember right so you see what she's doing here right she's like well you know all the other children have told me this yeah which is not true or maybe it is true but you should tell me this too because all the other kids are saying the same thing why wouldn't you tell me This is going on. And this naked movie star thing is like a song that the kids were singing. It's a silly thing, but they're making it into something much more. Um, She says, the the doctor says, this is my favorite puppet right here. And she picks up a bird puppet. You want to be this puppet? Okay. And then I get to be Detective Dog. We're going to figure it all out. Okay. When that tricky part about touching the kids was going on, could you take the pointer in our mouth, in the the puppet's mouth, and point it on the doll over here, either of these dolls, where the kids were touched? Can you do that? The girl says, I don't know. The doctor says, I know that the kids were touched. Let's see if we can figure that out. The girl says, I don't know. And the doctor says, you don't know what they were touched. And the girl says, no. She says, well, some of the kids told me they were touched sometimes. Do you remember the t- how the touching game that went on? Or do you remember that the touching game went on? She says, no. And the doctor says, okay, well, let's see if we could try someone else in. And the girl says, we. And she starts spinning the puppet above her head because she's a child and she wants to play with a fucking puppet. Like, yeah, leave this poor girl alone. <laughs> The doctor says, "Come on, bird, get down here and help us out." The girl says, "No." The doctor says, "Bird is having a hard time talking. I don't want to hear any more no's." "No, no, detective dog, we're going to figure this out." That's the interview. That's the interviews. This is what we're dealing with. Like these these adults like going, "You we're going to make you believe this thing that we believe is true." And just putting them through the ringer. It's horrific.
2: It horrific. So she's just getting mad that that kid's not giving her answers that she wants. That the kid's being honest. Yeah, that the kid is, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not like the kid's not answering. The kid's answering. Yes. It's just not, not what the they want to hear. Right,
0: exactly. That's exactly what it is. So this is going on, and and they would like slowly use leading questions, and they would feed the details to the kids, and the kids just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and they're like, if I tell you what you want to hear, can I get out of here? And they're all videotaped, like so that they have evidence that they can produce later, or and, and they can put into the trial. And so these kids are making up shit, going wild, talking about like robes and candles and different, you know, ceremonies that happen. That they just are like, if the more we tell the the more pleased the adult is with us. So we're going to mm-hmm. keep doing that because we're kids. We want to please these adults. Like we want these adults to praise us and tell us that, that we're good kids.
1: That's Wasn't true. one of them like they would flush themselves down the toilet to go to the underground tunnels or something. So like, they were, they spent time like trying to like dig into the toilets and figure out a way into these tunnels.
0: Yeah. The tunnels come into it. <laughs> yeah. So like at no point
2: do they hear this child be like, we flushed ourselves down the toilet and that's how we get to the underground tunnels they
0: fucking believe it
2: they don't be like three-year-olds are goddamn dumb huh they're like (laughs) they're so they're they're dumber than a child because they're like fuck
0: how are they figuring out this is magic how do they get down that little hole but it's (laughs) like this is hysteria i mean this is three years after that stupid book michelle remembers comes out right
2: fucking imagine if your husband comes home like they work for this and i just like yeah, the kids said they're flushing themselves down the toilet, and so now we got it, and you have to, like, sleep in the same bed
0: as this complete fucking moron. Well, you probably believe it, too. There's no fucking way. I don't know. I didn't hear any toilet stories. Just to be fair, I didn't read any, but I doesn't surprise me. I like me. that one
2: running with Charlie, don't you worry. Go.
0: I know it so, was the thing. I remember hearing specifically about that
1: one. That was always the thing that stuck out to me because I thought it was so outlandish and fucking dumb that people bought into
0: it. And people really bought into it. Um, So kids would go into these sessions, not even knowing who some of the teachers at the school were and and then they by the end of the session they would leave speaking at length about the abuse that they suffered at the hands of very the very same teachers they first claimed not to know so like they would go in and they'd be like oh, i don't know who ray bucky is i never i never dealt with him and then by the end they're like oh yeah but then ray did this and ray did that and ray did this and ray did that like we really did a number on these kids um so March 22nd, 1984, Ray Buckey and his mother, Peggy McMartin Buckey, um, her, Mar- her mother, Virginia McMartin, and four other members of the McMartin School were charged with 115 counts of child abuse. Uh, the charge was later expanded to 321 counts, uh, and it was against 48 children. Yeah, yeah, this is what happened. Here we go. Here's a recurring character. Lawrence Pazder, the author of Michelle remembers couldn't, couldn't resist a good publicity stunt. So he traveled to Manhattan beach to meet with all the families of the abused children. This was a fucking circus. This was just like Pazder's like, Oh yeah, I have a lot of experience with my, my patient wife telling me about satanic ritual abuse. Here we go. Let's go yeah. make some bucks. Um, it was also becoming a really increasingly clear that the children's stories were wildly inconsistent. Um, There were also accusations that the original prosecuting attorney had influenced the children's testimony. And so in 1986, (laughs) yeah, you think, right? (laughs) So in 1986, a new DA named Ira Reiner, um, having reviewed the evidence and finding it incredibly weak, dropped all the charges uh, on five of the seven people accused. He was like, this is bullshit. Like, this doesn't hold up. None of this is right. However, Ray Bucky and his mother Peggy were still facing charges against them and were scheduled for trial. Her bail was set to a million dollars. Ray was denied bail and would remain in jail. So he's been in jail for about a year at this point without actually having going to trial or been convicted. And conv- they conv- have to convincing. like
2: really watch Ray because he knows how to flush himself down a toilet to <laughs>
0: escape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the next line. It's like you're reading my script for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um on july 13 1987 ray and peggy's trial started this fucking thing would drag on for three years this trial how? (laughs) because they brought in all these experts and they brought in all these witnesses and all the kids testifying prosecutors employed a, a bunch of hired experts a jailhouse informant and the testimony of 12 of the alleged victims um And it's worth noting, like, as this process went through, like, pre-trial stuff, there were less and less children involved with testimony because their testimony was so terrible and inconsistent that they couldn't rely on them. So it started, I think it started with 60 children. And by the end, it was nine (laughs) because they were like, the prosecution was like, we can't put that kid back on the stand. And how many (laughs)
1: expert plumbers were involved in
0: this? (laughs) Just Mario. (laughs) Mario. which is perfect because he's the magic plumber. yeah exactly yeah, he, 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 yeah, <laughs> he
1: could be the only person that would jump into a toilet and be Donald able to go down to the my hole.
0: brother Luigi he doesn't know a toilet that could flush to an underground <laughs> tunnel and, and this would be prime
1: time during uh, when uh, there was actually a Mario TV show so Mario literally could have been there and it would have been Captain Lou
0: Captain Lou Albano Cap-
1: uh, <laughs> Mario would have been there for this as the expert and yeah
2: hey, Bucky. The Ray Bucky, he's been a trafficking the children through the tunnels. And the King Koopa.
0: <laughs> Is why Koopa and Poopa sounded like they both oh, live in toilets.
2: So, it's so sad. You don't know how many children. We found in a mushroom king.
0: <laughs> so can we, like, I think if Lou know Al- Al- was still alive, he'd definitely be in the QAnon, right?
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's got that awesome quote about how if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> um, so I'm
1: surprised you were able to make it tonight. You weren't in uh, my neck of the woods to see your buddy Jesse Ventura.
2: Jesse Ventura's where's he?
1: He was at that that toy show uh, <gasps> down this way. That,
2: oh yeah, that you were going to sneak
1: into and not give money to.
2: He uh, was. They just got him to do a cameo on lapsed fan. And uh, we found out, like, a new Jesse thing is that he says chocolate weird, where he puts an N in it. He's like, chonclet. I chonclet. can't eat any chocolate." How much is his cameo? Um, I, I would assume it's a lot, because I think he does a limited amount.
0: I'm just curious how much you'd have to pay him to make an appearance somewhere. Well, I know that the, this toy show was sponsored by,
1: like, um, uh, Energy Ghost Energy Drink and got, like, Rock 93.3 involved.
0: So oh, Always like, money.
1: yeah. They they got all these big corporate sponsors involved with it, which compared to Toy Ohio is not how it's done. So
0: I would love to talk to Jesse Ventura. He's the guy that I just think I'd have a really fun time. He just, just uh, I just
1: sent you a clip on uh, TikTok too about like uh, the new thing that he was talking about the two party system and how it's so broke that even a third party wouldn't fix it now. Yeah
0: it's he's right that's yeah. the problem with jesse like he gets on these weird conspiracy stuff but a lot of mixed into a lot of that is a lot of correct stuff yes, <laughs> you know yes. Like,
1: it's just like there's a lot of truth mixed in have with to, the crazy
0: yeah you gotta kind of pick it out <laughs> so you're like well that's weird he, i love his he's got a whole conspiracy theory about lyme disease and how it was developed <laughs> by the U.S. government. It's great. I love it. It's one of my favorites <laughs> because it's not anti-Semitic. And I love a good conspiracy theory until it becomes anti-Semitic. And then I'm like, I'm out of here. Bye.
2: Lyme <laughs> disease is actually, they were trying to develop lemon
0: disease. No, he it was developed on Lyme Island. <laughs> I'm not
1: kidding. I'm just really, really sad that I couldn't get Ed uh, in the same room with... Um, Fucking Scarlet Bordeaux's husband. Cross. Yes. So that, so that he could do his fucking voice for you. Because that's Dude, just. Dude, I would have just...
2: kicked in the door to where he was, right? Just kick in that door and be like, hey, you boring fucking turd. I hear you do a really mean Jesse impression. So start doing that now. It's the only thing you'll ever do that interests
0: me. That's entertaining. Yeah. Where'd you get that hat
1: from? The hat fairy? Yeah. Fucking
2: cunt. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, you'll hear it. Don't worry. You'll, get, you'll hear it. You weren't around. Uh, you weren't it's around for the, the it's hat a bit. It's a no, bit. It's a bit. I
1: brought it up specifically to, to Pop-Ed, and he he went with it. Hey, perfect. look
2: at me. Listen to me. Look at me. Listen to me. It's that hat. The fucking hat fairy, you bitch. <laughs> Where'd you get those shoes? the fucking
0: shoe fairy (laughs) Um, all right let's steer us back on course Um, so in 1990 this is four years after they were arrested Peggy was acquitted of all charges Ray was acquitted of 52 out of the 65 charges and a retrial was scheduled so Ray is still in trouble Um, Ira Reiner the DA who I just talked about Uh, Had further political ambitions and attempted to run for attorney general of the state, but was beaten in the primaries. Probably not a surprise since he was unable to get a conviction. Like, this was such a big deal that this guy couldn't get elected anymore because he (laughs) failed to prosecute these alleged child abusers. Right? Like, this is (laughs) God, man. Fucking failure. Yeah, right? They're like, well, you didn't lock him up even though he dismissed all the bunch of the charges from the very get-go because he was like, this is right? bullshit. This is all fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, This is silly. Um, so the parents of the alleged victims were furious, and they wanted to do everything they could possibly do to ensure that Ray Bucky was convicted. So they hired former FBI agent turned satanic cult expert Ted Gunderson. Yeah. <laughs> He's back. Our boy's back. Um, oh, I wish we had theme music for him. I know, I know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play a clip of him talking we about it. You should, it should be the
2: Balkan skull music.
0: <laughs> Here is Ted talking about his
4: involvement. It was the McMartin preschool case in Manhattan Beach, California. The children there claimed there were tunnels under the school. They were taken into the tunnels and through the tunnels up into the trap door of a bathroom in a triplex next door, placed in automobiles, and prostituted in the community. These are two-, three-, and four-year-old children before they entered kindergarten. In addition, the children claimed that they were flown into the mountains where they were involved with adults in robes, black robes, chanting, candles. They talked about the brown babies who were sacri- who were cut up, actually sacrificed, and in checking into this and researching this, of course, this was obviously a satanic ceremony. Obviously. The McMartin <laughs> family who owned the preschool, they were tried of Dre Bucky and his grandmother his mother uh, the grandmother was acquitted on jury on ray bucky the second trial another hung jury
2: i like that he just said all the same things that you did but he believes it
4: yeah
0: yeah exactly <laughs> He also doesn't get all the facts right. It wasn't the grandmother. It was his mother. Like, your grandmother was acquitted. or The charges were dropped against her.
2: Dude, In but, what know. world is a child watching another child get hacked at fucking arms and, like, shit cut off of them, and they don't bring it up until...
0: Immediately. Right? Like, right? you don't go home. And even, like, casually, like, yeah, I saw a kid get killed. Yeah. So, dude, you ever
2: been around a three-year-old? They'll tell you the most mundane shit that they've oh done. God, and they don't bring yes. that up.
0: Like... This is mass. I mean, this is what mass hysteria looks like, right? They'll tell you the mundane shit their parents did that day that yeah. the parents don't want you to, them to bring up. <laughs> uh, reminds me of. Well, you've probably never seen this because you don't see any movies but like Kindergarten Cop. I've seen Kindergarten Cop. Oh yeah, when those kids are like, like, who's your, who's your daddy and what does he do? Who's your daddy? And, and what they're what like, does my he mom do? says our dad is a real sex machine. <laughs>
2: it's, yeah, it's that. Remember it's that Austrian death machine? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I know that reference It's because of Austrian Death Machine.
0: Um, oh so man! I want to. I don't want to spoil this, but I'm going to let Gunderson tell you what he did for this investigation because it's, it's oh, yes. fucking wild. He you did ready? so much work. I,
4: I bet he did so much work. I had an opportunity in 1990 to gain control of the school. <laughs> now the school had been given to Danny Davis, the defense attorney, and he had sold it, even though he made $15 million on the case, by the way, he had sold it uh, to a contractor who was going to tear it down. When I learned this, I contacted the contractor. I said, I want to be given an opportunity to go on that school and look for the tunnels. The authorities had looked for them in 1987. They said they could find no tunnels. Along with some of the parents, we hired Dr. Gary Stickle, UCLA archaeologist. And Mario. He hired his crew, and brought them in. And in 34 days, Dr. Stickle said there had been tunnels under that school. They were covered up. And they were covered in.
0: They were covered up and they were covered in yeah so fuck out God, I'm not <laughs> kidding man this is just like <laughs> thirty eight days is how long it took for him to find these tunnels quote <laughs> tunnels uh and the guy uh stickle releases his findings in a hundred and eighty seven page report. <laughs> With like really shitty photographs of things. Stickles, he's like.
1: Stickles uh, known alias is Dig
0: Dug. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this report just explodes and it's just like it, it fuels this fire, it keeps going. Um, th- there have been a lot of holes punched in the findings by other experts in the field. Uh, they said, for one. The tunnels would have had to have been filled in 1983, right? When they first first started investigating it. And they're like, that would require a shitload of dirt being brought to the school. And (laughs) the school's under investigation. Like, how do you sneak... Trucks of dirt into this place without raising some sort of well, suspicion. Duh, Austin, you
2: dumbass! <laughs> you go from where the tunnels end and you bring it in backwards.
0: They, duh. Okay, dirt fairy. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> <They> sit, <laughs> uh, sounds like a, I'm not even gonna make that joke. <laughs> I might cancel myself. <laughs> uh, so they. <laughs> The dirt um, fairy, you stupid bitch. <laughs> That's how it that works. <laughs> some, of these, some of these tunnels were like up to 45 feet long and big enough for humans to walk in. So these are like substantially sized tunnels. They would have taken a ton of dirt, a lot of dirt, big, a very big dirt fairy um so we, Look, we take taking big dirt big dirt oh big, dirt, big dirt involved in this conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> some fucking guy sitting in prison just, his name is big dirt <laughs> what the fuck? no man COVID was about big pharma this is about big dirt big
2: dirt <laughs> in these t- tunnels
0: it's it's uh, like us all over again man yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's just yeah, there's tunnels all over the world. Yeah, with our
0: clones, (laughs) with our clones down there chopping up babies. Um, So our, you know, they also would have like required pretty substantial construction for these tunnels. Like they would have had to like support them with wood or concrete beams, and that's not what they found. Um, the The they found some trash at the dig site. And they dated the trash back to 1940, not (laughs) 1983. And 1940 was before the school was built. Um, The likely story by this forensic psychologist named uh, Dr. Joseph Wyatt is that the team most likely discovered the remains of old burn pits used for household trash before (laughs) the the school was built. (laughs) So you'd burn and you'd burn in this pit until it was full. And then you'd cover it up you'd dig a new one. And then, The McMartin school was literally built by Virginia McMartin's husband. Like, he's not going out getting permits. He's just building it over the land that they have. And he's like, ah, it's a burn pit. I'm going to build on top of it. (laughs) It I love
2: that they're like, we got the experts in here, and they couldn't find anything. (laughs) Instead of being like, well, I guess there isn't anything, they're like no There's i know more than them yeah <laughs> i know more than them and i'm gonna find someone that agrees
0: with me that's the thing about conspiracy theories though is they do not take losses they they can't it's it's Why? it's, it's against so weird everything that they're about like they have to always be right always be right alex jones always has to be right even if it costs him he a billion is. and a half and he dollars never he's never is. right he's never right you're never right. You find it's,
2: that out in these depositions too, where they ask the people that were getting the worse name one thing Alex was right about if you don't say. Um, yeah. there's like two that he gets, and it's just like, oh, can... yeah, one is like, it's eventually like if you call everything a false flag, eventually you're gonna hit on to a couple things. Right. And so like besides these two, it's like Jesse, S- some is that mm. some guy
0: Smollett, yeah,
2: Jesse Smollett, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Name one thing I was right about that isn't Jesse
0: Smollett. Also, Alex Jones and just hates can. black people and he was a gay black man. Yes, this is exactly. like yeah. everything Alex hates. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um, so, Gunderson takes this as a win and he's happy <laughs> to take this as a win. He's also happy to take the family's money because they hired him. So, they paid him yeah. for all this work that he did. Um, ray's retrial as gunderson mentioned in a clip we played ended in a hung jury and the prosecutor declined to retry ray for a third time so he was released from prison after spending five years behind bars having never been convicted of a crime five years end up getting a lot of money i no, he didn't no no not as far as i not as far as i know um It did cost the the state of California $15 million with all the experts and people. It's the most uh, expensive trial in the the history of the United States. (laughs) Did anybody go after him civilly for money? No, they did not. He actually, Ray, it's funny. He kind of has a happy ending considering everything he went through. He ended up uh, attending law school. He changed his name and moved (laughs) to somewhere in the Northeast with his family and his children. Um, But yeah. $15 million. These grifters came out of the fucking woodwork for this. Like you have so many experts that come in and like consultants and psychiatrists on both sides, the prosecution and the defense, like it's massive. Um, So yeah. So that was, That was McMartin. That was. I wonder how many of those experts
1: were in our Twitter mentions uh, a few weeks ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to play really quickly, just so you got to get an idea. Like we're going to move on from the McMartin trial, but I want to play this clip from a Geraldo Rivera special where he talks to the families. Um, It's probably around the time that they hired Gunderson. Uh, And this is just to show you what we're dealing with, with these very serious people believing everything these children say. All right.
5: Let's go now to the McMartin preschool parents who have gathered for us in Los Angeles. You recall that case, notorious case. I must state for the record, however, that the charges against most of the defendants <laughs> have is been dropped. Cares? Charges are still pending <laughs> against two of them, however. We know that the parents and the children allege child abuse. What is much less known is that they say it was ritual abuse as part of a satanic cult. Whoever is the designated spokesman there, please tell us why you believe this was part of a ritual cult, uh, abuse as part of a satanic cult. This guy's a winner. Well, the easiest reason to that question, Geraldo, is the fact when the children started talking, they started talking about robes and candles. They described an Episcopal church. And once they started narrowing that down, you could see that it had to be satanic. It's very important in satanic religions to have a priest because they truly do believe in power. The difference only between Catholicism and the Episcopal religion uh, is almost done. They both use wine, they both use bread and so on. The truth about Satanism is they truly do use blood and they mix it with urine. And then they also use the real meat, the real flesh. This is what makes Satanism true. And this is what 1,200 molested kids in the city of Manhattan Beach have told the Sheriff's Department. And it's an outrage that we are where we are with this case and these poor unprotected kids that have, uh, that's a third of the school system in the city of Manhattan Beach has been molested. We have eight preschools closed here. This is the child molestation capital of the world. We have more preschools closed in this city than any city this side of Detroit, and I'm not picking on Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I just want
2: to be clear. I'm, I'm not picking on Detroit.
0: I love that he drags Catholic schools in it because if there's anything Evangelicals hate, it's Catholics. Like they really, <laughs> they really have a problem with Catholics. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the that was the vibe going on over at Martin. and they were not happy when um, Ray Ray Bucky got uh, ended up in a, a hung jury and piece the fuck out of there. But I would too. I'd get as far yeah. away from that place as I possibly could. So. Now we're going to talk about something else. We're going to move on to the next thing. This is uh, a group called The Finders. Have you ever heard of these guys, Ed? The Finders? Yeah. You know, it does sound familiar. It probably does. This is like big time conspiracy stuff. Um. So this is something that Gunderson wasn't directly involved in. But he championed the shit out of this. Like, this is his thing. Like, this is where he's like, I was in the FBI. I know that this happened. Like, this is his thing. Um, So the finders also lead directly to QAnon. So thanks for that, Ted. (laughs) Because there's like, this is a fucking straight line if there ever was one. On Wednesday, February 4th, 1987, a woman in Tallahassee, Florida, called the police about two men dressed in suits playing with seven unkempt, quote, unkempt children in a nearby park. It's weird. It's a weird mm-hmm. thing. So police were dispatched. When the cops arrived, they discovered that the men and the children were living in a nearby van. Also yes, weird. I do know about you this. You do this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, mind you, this is going on at the same time as the McMartin trial. Like I, I'm telling it after this, but it's this is all happening at the same time. There's no way for me to tell yeah. two stories at one time. So police were on high alert for anything weird going on with children. The two men in suits, their story was that they were from DC and traveling to Mexico to set up a school for gifted youngsters. Sounds a lot like X-Men, but that's just mm-hmm. my nerd brain in action. Uh, the men were arrested on misdemeanor child abuse charges, and the children were taken into state custody. Uh, Florida police reached out to the D.C. cops to see if they knew anything about these strange men and feral children. And sure enough, D.C. police were, were like, yeah, we've been looking into that group. Uh, they would call them the finders. And the men in custody matched up with the other members because these, these people that were involved in this group always wore the same suits. Right? It was just a kind of a weird thing that they did. Um, So I kind of get the feeling that DC cops were itching to close in on this group. So when they learned about the Florida, uh, the Florida arrest, it was all they needed to raid the finders compound in DC from a vice article. I'm going to read from a vice article by Lauren Thiessen. According to police reports, the mothers said that in late December, the men in the group took the children to Kentucky where they would work a construction job while the women went to California for temporary work. When the men arrived, For the project, however, they found that it was at a standstill and instead told the women that they would take the children on an adventure in Florida. According to the documents, and this is all from the FBI documents, that people were talking so much about this case, the FBI is like, fine, we're releasing everything we know about the finders because there was so much conspiracy bullshit about this. Um, So according to the documents, the mothers understood why the police would be asking questions and agreed that the men had handled the situation poorly by lying about Mexico. But they also insisted that... They had nothing to hide. They denied being Satanist. The photo of a slaughtered goat, they said, was similar to biology class and was uh, part of a lesson for the children on where meat comes from. They insisted that the children were well fed and they completely disbelieved any allegations that the men with their children could have committed sexual abuse. So the, the goat piece. Is they raided the compound. They they took all of the computers, a bunch of documents, and they found – the only thing they found that was suspicious were pictures of a slaughtered goat. And it was part yeah. of a lesson on how to kill a goat and get the meat off of it. There was no child pornography. There was no nothing. Like nothing else was found. It was completely innocent. Um, so I, I think this also starts a lot of like animal sacrifice of the yeah. satanic stuff was definitely like, oh, well, the goat, it's why they kill goats. I think Dude, it shit
2: like that happens with all of this you know what I mean like uh so <laughs> I remember when I was in like 5th or 6th grade um my cousin I have like a, older cousins they were probably like in high school and uh the cops got called on them and they said they were doing like satanic animal sacrifices in a graveyard but in reality what they were doing is they were on a lot of drugs and throwing around a dead cat
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i think a lot yeah i do i think that's yeah.
0: exactly what it was and it's like it was
2: reported on like our newspaper here like satanic animal like rituals uh, and exactly. the graveyard and like
0: yeah he's like no, oh, we just found a dead cat we're throwing it around she thought it was funny like well yeah and i'm gonna read i'm gonna read you right now one of the headlines that came out of the arrest like this is like, the arrest happens, and then the Washington Post, a national newspaper, this is what they said. The, the headline is, officials describe cult rituals and child abuse case. That's based off of what I just fucking read you. But they said that they're- <laughs> All right. It says this is and this is the body. This is this is the article. This is this is the mood at the time. Like they're so hungry for this scandal to be a real thing. Authorities investigating the alleged abuse of six children found with two men in a Tallahassee Florida park discovered materials yesterday in the Washington area that they say points to a 1960s style commune called the Finders, described in a court document as a cult that allegedly conducted brainwashing and used children in rituals. This is how. Like this, again, everyone is hysterical in the story. Everyone's crazy. Um, I want to now play Mr. Gunderson talking. I want, let's get his perspective (laughs) on on what the finders are (laughs) because it is a doozy.
4: (laughs) This international child kidnapping ring, I later learned was out of Washington, DC. It was very active and the organization is known as The Finders. And I have a report on The Finders back there. Everything I'm telling you is documented, by the way. The Finders has been established and operating throughout the 1960s up to the present time. It was exposed in 1987. They moved their operation to Wichita, Kansas, and they're operating right today in Wichita, Kansas. I have taken my report To the FBI, a half a dozen times, (laughs) demanded an investigation, and I have yet to be interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder
0: why, Ted. I wonder why the FBI just ignores you every time. He's posting their L's. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Half a dozen times, and I have yet to be interviewed. Yeah, dude, man, the shit. In his FBI file does not stop when he retires. It is all the shit he notifies the FBI about, and that's half of the report. Is all the wild shit that he that he writes them about after he's a private citizen. <laughs> <'Cause> he brings <laughs> all this shit to the FBI. He's like, look, and do this, and they're like, we got to keep tabs on this motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it is so wild. he's also crossing the streams on his conspiracy theories with the wichita kansas stuff that's a completely yeah. different conspiracy theory that he has like merged into one and has kind of become like its own thing um yeah so that's that's gunderson's take um the truth from about the finders it, it, they are weird right they're weird it's a weird oh group. yeah and they're doing weird stuff but They initially formed by this this guy named Marion David Petty uh, when he was a sergeant in the army in the 1930s. He was living in DC and he rented a couple of apartments and opened them up to anybody who wanted to stay there. You know, his, his goal was to learn the way of money, sex and power and thought that strangers might be the ticket to do this. Right. So he's just like a guy got some questions. He's like, maybe people will come in and I can learn stuff from him. I don't, don't don't dislike that at all. I think that's kind of cool. Like what you know, you're giving people a place to live, you're just having conversations and talking to people. Petty's philosophy was that society had really messed people up and he wanted to figure out how to undo all of that so we could return to a more natural state. Again, you're not wrong. Um, but it wasn't until the 60s that he started getting more serious about the group and began recruiting other people. And he would recreate these social experiments and he called them games and they called him the games master, which is, that's getting a little weird Kevin <laughs> Sullivan thingy. Um, but he was, they were designed to help rid humans of their like societal tendencies. was okay. like we need to return to be a more natural state. So the group grew and by the mid eighties, the finders as they became, became known had grown to a community of 20 adults and seven children, seven children that were found in the van. So an example of the games that were played was, is from an article in this, this website called The Failed State Update by Joseph Flatley and Tyler Rabbit. Sound like fake names, real names, and they're actually going to publish a book about the finders next year. So I'm excited to read it. Ooh. But it said, the finders set aside two acres of the pasture for the experiment. An area was designated for the children by erecting a wall out of tree limbs and bush. It was low enough for adults to easily hop over, but high enough to be a serious obstacle to a toddler, according to to Toby. They took care to make this look like a feature of the landscape, landscape period, sorry. Inside the wall, they built a lean-to and placed bedding beneath it for the children. There was a small stream with fresh drinking water as well as ample shade trees. The finders called this area paradise. After it was put together, the adults set the children down inside the walls. The kids, used to ignoring the odd behavior of the adults, <laughs> began <laughs> to play. Over the next several days, the adults stayed out of sight and the children's created their own world of the imagination. They're, they were supervised around the clock from a distance. The adults brought food into the camp when the kids weren't paying attention and joined them when they while they slept to ensure that they were safe at night. So I don't think that's terrible. Like, this is free-range kids. Free-range children. <laughs> Like, that's what it is. It's like, what do you like? Let's just see what kids do if we're not around. Like, how do they act naturally if we're not around? Like, they were safe. They were looked after. They were fed. They were, you know, like that's, but to the outside, that's, that's fucking weird. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it sounds like they cared about the kids. I don't know. It's weird though. And that's what freaked people out. So it was overhyped. Um, And honestly, the, all the charges were dismissed. Right, like the guys down in Florida were like, "We're like, you're not doing anything. The mothers picked up the kids. Everything was sorted out, and that would have been the end of it." But just like, (laughs) there's always one fucking thing that takes these things from like, okay, that was interesting, but it's over, to like, oh my god, there, there are satanist cults everywhere. One, this low ranking customs agent wrote a report in 1987. (laughs) For some reason and it became public in 1993 and it creates a shitstorm of a conspiracy around this specific event here's the report here's the part <laughs> of the report that's relevant <laughs> It says, I was advised that all the passport data had been turned over to the State Department for their investigation. The State Department, in turn, advised uh, MPD, Maryland Police Department, that all travel and use of the passports by the holders of the passports was within the law and no action would be taken. This included travel to Moscow, North Korea, and North Vietnam from the late 50s to the mid 70s. The individual further advised me of circumstances which indicated that the investigation into the activity of the finders had become a CIA internal matter. The MPD report has been classified secret and was not available for review. I was advised that the FBI had withdrawn from the investigation several weeks prior That And that the FBI Foreign Counterintelligence Division had directed the MPD not to advise the FBI Washington field office of anything that had transpired. No further information will be available. No further action will be taken. So this guy, this nobody who has got a little conspiracy brain was like, oh, this is a CIA operation. They made everything go away. That's the reason the charges were dropped. That's the reason Gunderson... Is an FBI guy, which means he hates the fucking CIA. Fucking yeah. And yeah. that's like, he's like, oh, yeah, this sounds totally like those fucking CIA guys would do. I'm going to get him. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to make he. he... Okay. So his whole thing, he has written so much. He has these reports and they're like scans of newspaper articles and they're like hundreds of pages. And they're still online. You can still find all of them, but he loves writing reports. Like this is the bureaucrat in him. He's like, he just lengthy like hundreds of pages on the finders about how all of their CIA links. Um, so he expounds on it, right? He hear, he gets this. This is like all he needs. This is the catnip that he needs to go crazy and to be like, I'm as an expert in the FBI. I knew the, the CIA was doing this, but I was powerless to stop it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. So this is what it's he weird says,
2: how he knew this was, was going on, but didn't say anything about it until after until this happened. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Like he, this just,
2: was my, oh, I, oh, now I remember. I remember he, this. now. He written
0: a ton of shit before 1987, but then it was like this happened. He's like, oh, yeah, as if like it just came back to him. And he's like, oh, I remember that. Here we go. So he says the finders are known sexual degenerates who use a fleet of unmarked cars to grab targeted children from parks and schoolyards. Many times using their own child members as decoys. They lure the innocent children away from the crowd, close to their vans. The adults inside grab the children, drug them and transport them to a series of safe houses where they await their ill-fated end. This is Gunderson. This is, he should have been a screenwriter. Um, they are then used in ceremonies. The children are either murdered and sacrificed for body parts, or they are sold as sex slaves, auctioned off various locations in the Northern Hemisphere. In the past, they have been auctioned off near Las Vegas, Nevada, and Toronto, Canada, Lincoln, Nebraska, Michigan, and Houston, Texas. Marion David Petty, the leader of the cult, is an identified pedophile, homosexual, and CIA officer. <laughs> God, his son was a former employee of a CIA proprietary firm, Air America, which was notorious for smuggling drugs destined for the United States out of the Golden Triangle into Saigon during the Vietnam War. He loves drug smuggling. I was going to say he's still on the Vietnam War drug smuggling shit. Yes, he's still on it. He's consistent. We're living in um, the Gunderson extended universe today, even today. For sure, yeah. Like this guy has created something that we were not out of. And I just want to play a clip uh from the joe rogan show that mentions gunderson and you are gonna know who the guest is as soon as i fucking play it because oh i know who it is just by Mm. you saying that i know i know who it is you know who it is Uh (laughs) you're about to not be surprised that this is a thing here we go he's gotta
2: love gunderson right oh my god
0: yeah (laughs) here we go Now, let me right off the bat say you were telling me about Epstein and this island years ago. You were telling me long before anybody, I think you told me about him before his first arrest. A long time ago, I talked about how they have these islands, they they fly, they compromise children. But I learned all this from Ted Gunderson 20-plus <laughs> years ago. He was in line to be the FBI director. He was the head of the FBI in Los Angeles. He was a very famous FBI agent. He even ran COINTELPRO Telpro. It's a civil rights movement. He apologized for that before he died uh, in the 2011. <laughs> But he came out and he was the one that explained to me about how they used these these blackmail rings, elements of the CIA, uh and, and foreign intelligence groups, and and how they would basically make people have sex with children to be part of these clubs and these cults they were setting up. so and so, so they, I knew about all this from Ted Gunderson. Were they young girls that did they tell them these girls were underage or did they look like they were older? Like like Yeah. So <laughs> Alex loves Ted Gunderson. Yeah. He loved Ted Gunderson, definitely, is part of the reason that Alex Jones is Alex Jones. Like, he was very early in this conspiracy world. He, um, Alex interviewed him a bunch before he like really blew up. Like, he had Gunderson on the show. Uh, he had Gunderson on the show like a couple of months before he died, uh, which was just wild. And it was this was his guy this was his biggest fanboy was was alex jones um i just want to say too that episode of the joe rogan experience didn't go to didn't go to spotify right didn't make the cut spotify is yeah. like we're not platforming alex jones but on youtube it currently has 24 million views so that's the kind of like toxic conspiracy shit that gets out there and just catches on with a whole generation of weirdos and qanon people and all that stuff um so we're in the 90s we're, we're, we're getting to the end um but it was a heyday of anti-government conspiracy theorists like bill cooper you know who that guy is yep yeah he's he published uh behold a pale horse and had his radio show the hour of our time um in the 90s coast to coast went live in 88 it's not as hard on the conspiracy theories but they had a little, they had a few kooks on that show um Gunderson also bought time on a couple of right-wing radio networks, and he had his own radio show called the Ted Gunderson Intelligence Report. Kind of like that's he, fucking enthralling. All right. And he talked about he this is a guy who maybe even more than Alex Jones believes every fucking conspiracy theory he's ever fucking heard in his entire life. Um, there wasn't one that he wouldn't like, and I'm gonna pull let me pull this up because we talked about our bell and this has got uh direct ties to mr art bell um so on his show um his show one of the stations he was broadcast on was wwcr which was worldwide christian radio which is a far 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 right shortwave station out of nashville tennessee it's currently still uh broadcast it's one of the few land-based stations that still broadcast alex jones um in the 90s, Gunnarsson bought his time on there. And in 1997, his guest, a guy named David Hinkson, uh, he had a guy named David Hinkson on there. Now, just to give you an idea of who Hinkson was, he got busted by the IRS for not paying taxes and claimed the U.S. government had no right to tax him per the Constitution. Right? He's so, a sovereign citizen guy. Sovereign yeah. citizen guy. Totally. Right. Then... <laughs> He uh, was convicted of hiring a hitman to kill the IRS agent on his case, the U.S. attorney who prosecuted it, and the federal judge who sentenced him. So he is in jail for trying to hire a hitman to kill all these government people that, that put him in jail. In 1987, Hinkson and Gunderson were talking shit on the radio and implied that Art Bell was a pedophile who had used his government connections to get out of all of the charges that were against him. What Art? sued the shit out of the man yeah. for defamation, but there was more to the story. And this is kind of the sad part of this story. And I, it's something I only recently discovered from the April 1st, 2000 broadcast of coast to coast. This is what art said in order that you all understand the gravity announcement I'm about to make, it's going to be necessary for me to repeat some very painful events that have occurred to me uh, or occurred to my family over the past several years. And I tried to find this broadcast so that I could just play it. I can't, it's been scrubbed from everything. Um, on May 16th of the year 1987, my son, Art Bell IV, was kidnapped, transported across state lines, and raped by a substitute teacher from his own high school. The assailant was HIV positive. My son was a minor. He was 16 years old at the time. The teacher involved was tried, convicted, and is now serving a life sentence. As our family worked through the trauma in private, in an event beyond the bounds of decency and human and humanity occurred. On December 9th of 1987, just a few months after my son's ordeal, uh, my own began. Ted Gunderson, a retired FBI agent, along with David Hinkson and the assistance of others, aired a broadcast which incredibly, absolutely incredibly, accused me of committing the very same crime my son had suffered. Of course, these these accusations were entirely false.
3: Holy shit yeah
0: yeah yeah this fucking asshole this is this is that moment where you're like okay well this was kind of silly funny when this is not silly funny anymore like it's i mean maybe it hasn't been for a while but like Gunderson's a shithead and he knew Gunderson knew about that shit too right cuz he fucking investigates everybody probably yeah and if he didn't he's like really careless like you can't just call people pedophiles you don't know like that's that's libelous it's you know i mean like Oof! Yeah, they, they settled um, for an undisclosed amount, but that is horrific. That's horrific. It's horrific. And to like, if you knew that to say it is really bad. If you didn't know to say it, it's still is bad. Like, I mean, not as bad, but it's still bad. I don't know. It was really, when I came across that in my research, I was like, oof. This also really explains why Art Bell has never liked Alex Jones. Yeah. Like, absolutely does not, has never had him on the show has never wanted to have him on the show. Thinks he's complete full of shit, That's it's because Alex is an acolyte of Gunderson. It's because it. Alex is full of shit, and Alex is full of shit, and Alex would say something like that. Yeah, you know, he'd fuck around and find out, and you could lose a hundred or uh, one point five 4, billion dollars, about to one
2: point four billion right now, <laughs>
0: exactly. And it's just he's got two more trials <laughs> that he's already been guilty in, uh, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So um, he's basically now the end of his career. He is a he is a full-time speaker at like fringe conspiracy that's where that that talk came from that i keep playing clips from he's just he's just giving talks at conspiracy theorists you know conventions Mm -hmm. he um he sells his reports you know for whatever how much plus he's still again he's getting his government pension from the fbi he doesn't need to do any of this this is all stuff that he believes in and really wants to do um but in 2003 he kind of Pokes his head back up a little bit, get a little publicity for himself, and one of the one of the stupider things, maybe the stupidest thing he's ever been involved in. Do you remember the ricin scare? Yeah, of two thousand three. Right. Okay. So there's a letter sent to the White House. It contains ricin, the powder substance that's really awful. Uh, and then there was a second one that was found in a sorting facility in South Carolina. Right. Very scary. Government freaks out. Everybody in government freaks out. They're like, somebody out there, terrorists is sending us these ricin letters gunderson never let an opportunity like this pass him by and he contacted the FBI. <laughs> this is so stupid he said that he too had received a ricin letter oh my god <laughs> and i want to read the, t- the letter that was attached to his letter like the, the actual letter that came with all the ricin yeah it says dude i'm sorry this is fucking stupid <laughs> he says, dear Mr. Gunderson, we've heard you've been poking around in business to make our redacted look bad. If you value what little of a life you have chasing your imaginary conspiracies, you stupid old man, you'll steer far and wide of this business unless you want an enema of boiling lead served it to your arse. So they're probably British. (laughs) You're a little too old to be running around like your Fox bloody molder uh, on the telly. That is fiction. This is real life. In real life, the heroes are those who fight the imperial cunts like the U.S. or U.K., those whose greatest weapon is the heart. I suggest you engage in more leisurely pastime, like playing, like paying a visit to that Jack Kevorkian fellow. I hear he's a really excellent cure for life. <laughs> that's
2: the letter. I like that he decided that he's British when he was writing that fake letter.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a fun dude, like, bit.
1: Hey, why don't you kill yourself? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I also, just to contrast what the actual letter that was sent to the White House with actual ricin said, I'm yeah. going to read that. Just see, so just there's a little bit of was it. Was that filled with British slang too? <laughs> to the Department of Transportation, I'm a fleet owner of a tanker company. I have easy access to uh, to castor pulp, which castor is actually what makes rice, ricin. Yeah. It's, um, if my demand is dismissed, I'm capable of making ricin. My demand is simple. January 4th, 2004 starts a new hours of service for trucks, which include a ridiculous 10 hours in the she- in the sleeper berth. Keep it at 8 or I will start dumping. You have this been warned. Is the- this is the only letter that would be sent by me. Signed, Fallen Angel.
2: He's, he's a man who the truckers got to sleep two hours more? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So- Gunderson probably had no idea what was. No he had, no idea.
0: Saying, he had right? no idea. He yeah. just thought he was like, oh, clear, this is like uh, some radical you know, yeah. activist that's going after the government. Meanwhile, it's a dude who owns a trucking company who's mad about this new regulation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what it was. Um, so <laughs> there's an FBI report on this incident because, of course, the first thing Gunderson did was contact the FBI. No, wait,
2: 10 hours in the cab to eight. So that means. Probably driving time, right? Not sleeping. I was thinking like oh, cross-country haulers, like
0: no, sleeping time. Yeah, you have the, no. The new regulation would change the required sleeping time from 8 to 10 hours. So it's two hours so less driving. time. Right. You were right. He yeah, was yeah, mad yeah.
2: that they got two more hours of sleep. I was yep. thinking that he was like a workers' rights guy. It's like 10 hours of too oh, no. much fucking driving. No, no, no.
0: He's a, he's very much like I own this company and rely on drivers to get here as quickly as they can. Yeah,
2: okay. Um, so, Either way, uh, from, not a British... Uh, Not a person. British guy.
0: No, his name is Fallen Angel, which maybe like he was like, oh, Fallen Angel, that's Satan. Maybe that's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gunderson had no idea that this, this letter <laughs> said what it did.
1: One quick thing. Are you going to touch on uh, Oklahoma City or uh, Sonny Bono?
0: I know more about Oklahoma City, and he very much thought that he, so he found a report False flag. Well, yeah. Well, he, so he, two things, and I had this written and I actually ended up editing it out, but his theory on Oklahoma City was, he said that there were two seismic activities that happened in Oklahoma City. And he said it was two different bombs going off. <laughs> he also said there was no way a fertilizer bomb could have taken out that entire building. In truth, there were two seismic activities. One, when the bomb went off. The second, when the building fell. Like yes. that's, that's, yeah. that's what happened. Yeah.
1: So- there's a, a little thing on Wikipedia. I was just reading about it. So the Southern poverty law center believed that Gunderson played a pivotal role in anti-government Patriot movement and Gunderson because Gunderson alleged that the U S government was preparing for mass executions by setting up a thousand internment camps and purchasing 30,000 guillotines.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was part of the, the thing for the conspiracy theories around Oklahoma city, um, saying that it was an FBI cover up and that, um, idea that if mcveigh was one of the bombers then it was due to a secret government mind control
0: which is mm-hmm. that's baseline conspiracy for all these guys like gunderson was just in it yeah but
1: here's the thing like if, if, for somebody who's like grew up during that era and has also like looked into a lot of that shit uh post that era because it really interests him uh i i think that mcveigh was just very much radicalized, especially okay. by the events of Ruby Ridge yep. and um Waco. Uh, Waco. And I mean, he was at Waco. So like he was very much a radicalized person. Uh, I very much think he was. I mean, maybe he was he was in a I mean, I think there might have been somebody else with him, but I think that he was the main culprit. Well, there
0: was. there was Terry Nichols. You no. Know, and there was a third person for sure. Well, this is a- that oh,
2: time period was the rise of like anti-government mm-hmm. white national shit especially at gun shows
0: you know what i mm-hmm. mean oh my god mm-hmm. oh bill, for sure yeah. bill clinton brought more of these like militia and white nationalist people out of the woods than any other person like yeah when he was the president I, that's when all of this stuff took off and it's all about the same time it's like gunderson had his radio show at that time bill cooper <laughs> was was had his radio station at the time before they he was you know shot in his house by uh federal authorities um alex jones was in high school because alex is only in his 40s believe it or not it's crazy as that is yeah. but like he like this is all the stuff that he grew up in that that era and he just absorbed it and this was like the time for militia and white nationalists um and separatist movements Dude, to i was happen. gonna say
2: like this gunderson stuff really shows you where alex jones like that seed was planted with Alex Jones to where like Alex Jones figured out how to do what Gunderson does, but like be so over the top. Like it's, it's honestly, Alex Jones is like a mix of Ted Gunderson and Rush Limbaugh.
0: Yeah. Cause he's not boring. He's
2: not boring. Like Alex Jones is, you you can say anything you want. Alex Jones is not a boring man. No,
0: he's entertaining. He's a shithead, but he's entertaining. Um, so, the other the other thing with Sonny Bono is uh, that he did not die
1: in a skiing accident. <laughs> Instead, Gunderson alleged that, that top officials linked to the international drug and weapons ring feared that the singer turned politician was about to expose their crimes. <laughs> so, they had Sonny murdered on the ski slopes and staged the result as an accident.
0: <laughs> of course, they did because Sonny Bono was famous. Again, he was credentialed, right? Like, he, the had, he had Satanist gun runners is who did it. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. Like I said, Gunderson, there was not a conspiracy theory that he didn't love and immediately jump on. Like he was Mr. Conspiracy Theory. He's like, "Oh, that sounds good. We're gonna go with that." I mean, he just the brain rot was there. So I'm gonna read one more thing. I think I'm starting to really
1: understand where my dad's coming from with a lot of his (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I swear to God, he was in this era too. I feel like it's really really it yeah
0: yeah uh and ruby ridge and waco to be fair really should have been handled differently oh for sure like that's that was a fuck up like that kind of woke me up to like i used to
1: you know okay so like i had this conversation with somebody the other day too like we're we're essentially you know they're so worried about like people being woke in schools and like learning all this history and all this stuff. And they're so worried about the statues being torn down, but like the history we were taught was brainwashing. It's not, it's not anything like it, like what we were taught in school, like really looking back at it, like my God, the the, the history is so different from what we were taught. The brainwashing that we got, like it's, it's very, and then like hearing these stories of like Waco and Ruby Ridge and shit, like really like, woke me up to the fact that like maybe the government doesn't have our best interests. like i always thought it was just like you know fun tv shit like you know the x-files like government conspiracies whatever like i just nothing's ever gonna affect me to that stage but like watching that kind of stuff and it's like just certain things could really fucking get you in a pinch like that and it's just the government isn't who you thought like who i thought
0: you know who we were taught they were in school so it's 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 very eye-opening to me I think there's just a lot of idiots in it, in government, you know, like yes. it's not, it's not getting the best and the brightest, like the, the best people, like the smartest people coming out of school, they're going to like uh, Goldman Sachs or Google, or, you know, like they're not going into government work because you can't make any money that way. Yeah. right? Unless you're like incredibly corrupt. And that's, that's a, that's a hassle. It's so it's like, we're not getting the, the best and bright. Like I just, I look at my city's politics and I'm thinking, how the fuck did Eric Adams get to be the mayor? I mean, like, this is not the best and brightest <laughs> candidate that we could buy. Pot- anyway, I don't want to go too far down politics. I'm going to read Anyway, yes. Back what on track. He Let's said- finish up. Yeah, we're almost done about the Rice and the tax. So, Again, from the FBI report, it says, when asked if there was any reason why anyone would send him a threatening letter, Gunderson told how a satanic cult out of Washington, D.C., called the Bohemian Grove, (laughs) had a contract out on him. The Bohemian Grove wants to kill Gunderson to prevent him from exposing that they are behind the terrorist movement. There are approximately four million satanic cult members in the United States. Bohemian Grove is headed by the president of the United States. The cult has a poison that will kill someone in 30 seconds and will look like a natural heart attack. Gunderson has an internet website at tedgunderson.com, which you can get on archive.com uh, archive.org. It's there. It's all his crazy shit still up um, where he talks about conspiracy theories, including the FBI having information about the nine 11 attacks in March of 2001, but did not act on the information. Gunderson has spent $8,000 of his own money to send copies of his nine 11 reports to every member of the Congress, Senate, Colin Powell and the president of the United States without any response. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is his life. This is what he's done. He, he has definitely been well, a grofter. Bohemian Grove, really. Yeah, Bohemian Grove. That's I think that's where Alex got Bohemian Grove from. I really do. Uh he died uh from bladder cancer on July 31st, two thousand eleven. And then in 2017, someone called Concerned Citizen started a petition on change.org asking President Trump to grant Gunderson the Presidential Medal of Freedom posthumously. The petition received 132 supporters.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and every single one of them watched Alex Jones. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's Gunderson.
2: Bohemian Grove.
0: That was a lot yeah. of fun. That was a fun one. You like that? That was good. Ah, yeah. We end,
2: I like that we end on Bohemian Grove. My vote for the silliest conspiracy theory in the world.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you'll you'll tune in next week because we're going to conclude this sort of like mini series that I've been working on. Started with um Kenneth copeland then i went to anton LaVey. then it went mm-hmm. to satanic panic and we're finally going to cap it off with an episode about alex jones a long overdue episode about alex jones so
1: oh yeah and our special guest for that one's going to be fun
0: yes we have a special guest who i will tell you once we stop recording ed <laughs> all right we can say uh, it i'll just bleep it out
1: so everybody can't hear it and then okay. they'll know that that ed, ed you can hear ed's reaction
0: go ahead
2: yeah
0: <laughs> that's a good
2: guy He's, he listens to a lot you know yeah yeah that's a good guy fairly recently
0: it. started listening to stuff so i'm excited to like go through the whole history same
2: um, same i've got on this i i will fully like i've been aware of alex for a long time but i haven't really dove deep into alex until the uh trial started. yeah and that's what got me in super into
0: alex He's got some fun stuff too early on, like when he pretended to be a yeah, Satanist and there's a lot of really interesting well, there's stuff.
2: There's that interview with... Um,
0: Ronson, John Ronson.
2: Is, it, is that the guy that snuck into Bohemian Grove with Alex yes. Jones? And his whole point is just like, um, I mean, there was a weird stuff there. It was weird enough stuff so you don't have to make anything up. And that's right. what's really crazy about Alex is just like, just say what you saw. Like, yeah. nobody it's- snuck up on you with a gun and told you, like, like, that never happened. It's just...
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of John Ronson. He's he's done a lot of stuff that's very parallel. I would I would love to interview him at some point. But I think he,
2: he might be the one, too, that's just like Bohemian Grove is just rich people vacation because sometimes rich people like to relax in the woods, too.
0: And be weird. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So that's it. That's our episode. That is Teddy Gunderson. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, he. it's funny, too, because... A previous episode on Sylvia Brown that horrible horrible psychic woman I thought it was funny that the only um authority figure that spoke up on her behalf and said she had great powers was Ted Gunderson because he believes all of it because he believes all of it he believes everything um so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do one more in this series and then I'm not sure what the hell I'm gonna do but uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna cap this thing off with Alex Jones next time and uh in the meantime you got some to plug
2: podvin Yes. Wrestling adjacent podcast. We talk about wrestling Twitter while Twitter's still around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the reason that this podcast exists, we were birthed out of the Pod Van Dam universe. So we're at least when you say that, like you're like, oh,
2: this is why this, this is why we exist. People are like, oh, cool. Cause when I tell people why Pod Van Dam exists, I just get yelled at about the show that inspired Pod Van Dam and how they're horrible
0: and horrible people. And yeah, well, we don't have to talk about that. We can leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I listen, I really appreciate you you tagging in and, and filling in for Dalton. Um, I think after he listens to this episode, he's going to be really pissed off that he wasn't here for it.
2: <laughs> I'm just upset that it took me to part two before I realized, like, oh no, I do know a lot of this Ted Gunderson stuff, and it's all because of Alex Jones. Like, it's all because
0: of Alex Jones. Yeah. No, this is this was fun. I've been working on this one for a while. I wanted to do this guy. I had no idea when I started writing it that it was going to end up being two episodes. I was like, oh my god, this is there's so much about this one dude that just wreaks havoc on everything he touches. So rest in piss Ted Gunderson <laughs> <laughs> for everybody else out there stay beautiful
3: so many different
0: people to be
3: that it's strange so strange do you think I see Summer cat looking over It's shorter at me